Hello, friends, and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn. Get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career. And I created the U-Turn book and the podcast as a place to help you connect to who you truly are at your core. And that's why every single week, I want to bring a guest on with the intention of helping you expand what's possible for you, both in your confidence, whether it's in work or love, and just in life in general. So let's get into this week's episode. Friends, you know how excited I get on this show when I get to bring a friend on. It just makes work feel like so much play. And today is such a special day because I'm bringing one of my favorite people in New York City, Diana Hawk, onto the show. She's author of a book called As Beautiful As It Seems. She's a writer, a novelist, And I want to talk to her today about creative process. I want to talk about my creative process, her creative process, and how can you start to be more creative, especially as a writer. In the entrepreneur space, there's like business owners who write books to further their business. And then there's writers who happen to have businesses. And that's definitely me. Like, I feel like I'm a writer at my core and I just happen to do entrepreneurial things, but I identify as a writer. So how can we help you listening be more effective communicators, be more inspired creators. Um, so without further ado, Diana, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you, Ashley. This is so cool to like see you in this life. I've listened to the podcast before. I've read your book, like, but it's cool to be here with you. Do this. I feel professional? Like, what's my vibe? My God, I was like, even just that intro, I was like, all right, she's, she's got this. Here she is. That's so <laughs> like, so funny. Well, I feel like I haven't talked about creativity in a minute and it feels really good to talk about it with, you know, someone mm. I would consider a friend because it's such a special topic. Um, can you kind of walk us through what inspired you to do your book? Because it takes a lot of grit and devotion to self-publish. And can you just walk people through the process? Because I think there's probably some people here who also would love to do that, would love to self-publish would love to write something amazing. You've put it out there in such an interesting way. Like walk us through the whole thing. Oh, totally. Okay. So I get so excited to talk about this because I, first of all, I truly believe that everyone has a story to tell. I believe that everyone is creative. Everyone can be a writer um, and is a writer. And so, but, but the reason that I created the book was because growing up, I had terrible anxiety. My first anxiety attack came in like sixth grade. I was like rocking myself back and forth in my closet, like trying to breathe and like what is happening. And I found that one of the only things that could truly get me out of my anxiety was reading fiction. And so I picked up the first Gossip Girl at age like 13 or so and just like fell in love um, with Serena and Blair, um, also Harry Potter. I was just like, I locked myself in my room when the new Harry Potters would come out. Like reading was just my escape. And first of all, I wanted to give back to like future, like younger generations. Um, But I also just, I wanted to write the book that I really wanted to read growing up. So like, yes, Gossip Girl was great and intriguing and sexy, but like not the best role models. Like I looked I looked to the people in the books that I was reading to like to act like them and behave like them. And so I realized, you know, just acting like these girls would not get me anywhere. Yeah. So I really wanted to create this book um, that was fun, sexy, intriguing, but also had like beautiful friendships and like actually talked about the difficult stuff that we go through um, in adolescence uh, as we're going through our teenage years. 
and like put some real life like guidance in there and like lessons that it took me um, so much longer than that to learn. Mm. Okay. I love what you're saying because I feel like as millennial women, we kind of grew up in the era of like the dream job where it was like how to lose a guy in 10 days. And she's like this editor at this magazine Mm -hmm. or like Anne Hathaway and Devil Wears Prada got this like fashion job or the hills where they landed a job. They landed the special fashion internship. And then you look at Gossip Girl where it's like these fashionistas living these very glamorous lives. And it's funny because now as an adult, I'm working on saving money, investing and like doing all the responsible things that I really wouldn't have money to do when I was chasing this goal of being these women. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it's in a lot of us, like deep down, there's so many women where they're like, oh, I wanted to be like them. Like I remember going out in LA wanting to go to the same nightclubs the girls on the hills went to. And it's almost like we're in a time now after the pandemic where the dream job is kind of dead. Like this idea of like this perfect thing and this like glamorous lifestyle and the world is is craving realness. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so inspiring that you would want to write about real friendship. And I see you as such a connector and people always tell that to me, but I feel like that's you. Can you like walk us through like, what do you think it means? Like, or how do you create really good friendship? And then I also want to ask you obviously a lot about creativity. Yes. Um, Wait, so the question was, how do you create connection? Yeah, like you're so good at community and connection and friendship. Like, how do you go about that? Like, I see you as like a queen at that. Thank you. Um, I think I think it just comes from treating people the way that I want to be treated, like as simple as that seems. And then also, like, I'm constantly looking for ways um, and like people that I know would be like good fits to like know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like I want to connect people. And so it's hilarious that I end up becoming someone who is like throwing these type of like dinners and breakfast and bringing people together because I had such terrible social anxiety. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it just came from this need and like knowing meeting so many fascinating special humans and being like, I want you all to know each other and getting genuine joy from the people in my life, meeting other good people in my life. So, and also to bring this back to creativity, it's like really, really interesting because I honestly think that writing helped me become this kind of human to where like, okay, what writing did for me is I, it's, it's helped me to become fascinated. Mm-hmm. in human. So like when I'm, it helped me, it's helped me to become a better listener. So when I am talking to humans now, like I'm actually listening to them Another thing, I feel like I'm going all over the place. I just have so much to say on this, but I feel like a lot of the time with, when connecting with people, we're going to the same old small talk. It's like, how are you? How is your week? Whatever. This is not going to elicit amazing responses. We are, as humans, we all each have so many stories within us that are like insane and weird and fun and sexy and heartbreaking. And if we just keep asking the same questions of how are you? It's like, that's not going to come out. So when I first meet people, I run the risk of like, I don't know, maybe sounding a bit weird or something. But instead of being like, how are you? I'm always like, hey, what's something that you're proud of yourself for this week? And then like, just from there, the conversation will just flow. Mm-hmm. I've like, I've, I've commented before on like, I, I, I thought that I had really bad social anxiety and I did. I, I thought that I was like awkward in social, social situations when in reality, I just hate small talk. 
Yeah. So I started collecting questions that I could ask humans that would like elicit this, just these really awesome responses and get conversation going. And that actually fuels my creativity and desire to write about people. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) I love like, you know, it's like you want to have better relationships. You just ask better questions. And it's funny how interesting people think you are when you're simply interested in them. Oh my God. Yeah. I see the world as like my uncle's friend. Like, it's almost like I see people like, you're related to me in some way, or like you're close to someone who's close to me. And that mindset has really helped me with communicating with people, especially with dating. Like if I go out there and meet someone for the first time, I'm like, hi, what's going on? Like you're here. Like I just try to be as <laughs> like, like here, I know here. each other. You're here. I'm here. Like it's happening. So yeah. I feel like I try to be very um, familiar with people because it makes me feel better. It's a way that I manage my own anxiety that I, I feel like I don't have much of these days, but like in the past. Um, okay. So I think that writing and creativity and people all go together because if you want to have new thoughts, you need to do new things. And usually mm-hmm. one way to do that is with new people like yeah. or going new places. So when you started writing your book, what were some of the ways that you would make creativity? Like I totally didn't even realize I had a creative process until like my last boyfriend, William was like, what are you talking about? You turn the air conditioning on 60 and you turn off the lights and you have candles on and you have noise canceling earphones and you re-listen to the same song 17 times. And I'm like, wow, I guess that's a creative process. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So with my book, one thing that I that I did um, was I had no writing background like at all. And so I was like, I don't know, what do I do to start doing this? And so I just pulled out all the Gossip Girl books. And before I would write the book um, each day, I would just like read a chapter of Gossip Girl. And I'd like pull out Harry Potter, I'd read some of Harry Potter. Um, and then I would be like, okay, like that was fresh in my brain. And I would sit down and just try and write. And I would just write whatever. And I think that on that note, like just word vomit that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it does not matter if it's good, if it's bad, if you don't know what you're doing, like you're going to learn along the way. Mm-hmm. And writing is in my mind, writing is not really writing. Writing is rewriting. Writing is rewriting. Writing is rewriting. Like I will say that over and over. Like if I pulled up the first draft of my first chapter, it looks nothing like what I have now. This episode is brought to you in part by Bioptimizer's newest product, Magic in a Jar, called Collagenius. You've probably heard by now about the superpowers of mushroom extracts and collagen. And Collagenius pretty much contains the most hyper-concentrated forms of four of the best health-boosting mushrooms. You've got lion's mane, chaga, cordyceps, and reishi, collagen, and Peruvian cacao. So when you combine the cultivating powers of these four mushrooms with the various benefits of collagen, it's really the most effective way to energize your brain and your body. It's genius, it's delicious, it's really effective. The smooth chocolatey drink will definitely find a way into your routine. Simply add it to your coffee or even mix it with water. And most importantly, it's going to fuel your brain and body with all day energy without any jitters or crashes. So if you struggle with brain fog or you have difficulty focusing and you want to repair your brain in a natural, consistent way, don't wait to check Collagenius out. 
It was just launched, but I believe that it will be sold out soon. So do not wait and check it out on newtopia.com slash U-Turn Genius. That's N-O-O-T-O-P-I-A.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N Genius. And promo code U-Turn 10 during checkout to save 10%. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N 10 during checkout. And Newtopia, the company that makes Collar Genius, is so confident that you'll love their product that they offer a 365 day money back guarantee. Again, that special link is newtopia.com slash U-Turn Genius and use U-Turn 10 during checkout to save 10%. Your brain will thank you. And that's newtopia.com slash U-Turn Genius and use code U-Turn 10. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Yeah, it's interesting too, because um, I remember going to Bali to write my intro for my book and like there was one day where it was like, the because that's the thing with me as a writer. I can't have any phone calls on a writing day, like anything dangling that's distracting me from writing. I can't do it or the day is toast. So I left all this open space in Bali. And I remember there were days that would go by where I wouldn't write anything. and I just stare at the cursor. And for a long time, I had a, a belief that like the day has been wasted, like nothing got onto the page. But then I realized, no, this day has been used. It's part of the creative process is to have those days where you are hitting your head against the laptop and uh, nothing is coming out. And so I love that you're saying like writing is rewriting. Like, how do you get your mindset into a place where you let yourself just write? Because I feel like there's like such an inner critic that people have where it's like they just don't don't do it. Yes, Yes. Um, I have this very funny thing that happens to me, but it actually makes perfect sense. Um, I actually don't anymore like to sit down in front of a screen on my laptop and try and write. When I want to write something, I will lay down to take a nap. Mm -hmm. I swear that is when stuff just comes up. It's like when I've let my brain rest or relax and I there's no pressure on me to write. Like I, I'll just pull out my phone. That's another thing about my creative process. I say this because I feel the same way as you. I'm like, do I have one? I don't know. I just like live my life. And- but reading a book to jog your inspiration right, right. process for sure. It's not something yeah. I do. Um, and I think some people would think like, oh, I don't like I didn't read any books of people that would, you know, arguably be in the same section as me because I didn't want them to taint my writing. Um, so I never have read What Color Is Your Parachute or any Jensen Sarah books. Like I haven't read that stuff because it's too mm. aligned with what allegedly I'm writing. Um, but it's interesting that you would read creative novels and that would help you with your own creativity. So everybody's so different. Yeah, totally. That is that is definitely one of the other things is I feel like a lot of people will be like, well, here's here's the plan. Like, here's what you need to do. You need to outline your book, all this. Like I've freestyled a lot of it um, and let it flow. And that's also because that's how I wanted it to feel. Yeah, I feel like and when I would read other like books in the young adult genre, there were a lot of elements to the story that would feel very like like they were just put in there to like make there be a ticking time bomb or like something when I'm like, this doesn't feel realistic to me. My goal of my book was that it was going to feel realistic and that there was going to be sex on page and that there were going to be drugs in there and like kids like things that I went through and like was around when I was growing up. So anyway, I think that creative process is different for everyone. There's not one size fits all. We're very different as humans. And I would just try out as many different things until you find something that works for you. However, yeah, getting inspiration, like we said, from going outside, taking a walk, listening to other humans, listening to people talk, like having a conversation with someone you've never had a conversation with them before. Like it's 
all these things that maybe wouldn't seem like it's a part of it are actually a part of it. Yeah, exactly. And I actually heard this concept that I love for anyone listening, and it's a seed, a sprout, and a blossom. Um, So a shaman told me, he's like, you know, in life at any given moment, we have seeds and we have sprouts and we have blossoms and different conversations or experiences will turn one into another. So, you know, a seed is something that just got planted in you like, oh, maybe I should look into that versus a sprout is something you've been sitting with and like you have some ideas, but it's not fully formed yet. So you haven't really taken full action on it. Whereas like something blossoming is when like the full picture becomes clear. Now you can activate. So I would say anyone listening, like whether you have a creative process or not, like ask yourself what in your life right now is a seed? Like what ideas are kind of roaming around in you, but like they're not a sprout yet. You don't really know what to do with them. What in you is a sprout? Like what creative projects are sprouts for you? What things feel like, oh, I've, I kind of have some ideas on how this would look. And is there something that you hope to blossom that you want to put your intention on creatively? Because everybody like, I feel like, I don't know, Diana, it's like everybody has their shit with creativity, whether you have like writer's block or like an inner mm-hmm. critic that's really strong. And if you're perfect, that's your shit. If you think you're perfect, that's your actual <laughs> shit. So like, Everybody has their shit, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I think like creativity is like so much about permission. Um, So are there certain Mm -hmm. things you do in your day to day life that you think help you hone your creativity in some way or another? Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I just give every night before I go to bed and I have just this notepad and I do each day and I just let myself write creatively whatever I want. I don't care if it sounds silly or whatever. And it usually comes out in like these poems, but it's like, it's really cool because I'll journal and that's very like matter of fact, this is what's going on. This is how I feel about it. And I write about it like more creatively, if you will. And like these insane poems will come out and some days they're like kind of shit, but like sometimes I'll go back and I'll read something I've written. I'm like, that was really good. And I put no pressure on that. And like that stuff might not ever see the light of day, but it feels so good. And I truly believe that like that is one of the things that's like my life force. Mm-hmm. Like when I it doesn't matter if what I write or whatever is not going anywhere. When I am creative and like get just give myself permission to write whatever, there's no pressure on it. Like I swear I have like a creative afterglow and mm-hmm. like people respond to me differently. And mm-hmm. I like walk down the street a little differently with like my head held a little higher, you know, like so yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I also think like to be creative is to have compassion for yourself, you know, because like you like I feel like the part of you that is like struggling or whatever, it needs validation. Like it needs to hear like this is okay. You're allowed to struggle. You don't have to be perfect. And without validating it or seeing it and allowing it to be there, you're just going to be in this like little spiral. And so I'm curious, like, kind of if you could take me while you were writing your book, were there moments where you were in like a complete spiral, you couldn't get out? And what was it that got you out? Oh, my God. (laughs) I I threw that book away so many times and was just like, this is shit. Like, what am I doing? What like I was watching like so many people I knew, especially here in New York, just like starting companies, all this stuff. And like writing a book is such a labor of love. And like it's for me, it turned out to be so much more than writing a book. It's like facing a lot of demons and fears and God, what got me through it? Um, Just putting it away for a little while, Mm -hmm. working on something else, 
Mm-hmm. Um, again, like going, I have this other series that I call New York Stories when I like, like essentially just worked on something completely different for a little while. Um, and then I would come back to the book and I would reread it when when I was like in a better headspace and had a little more empathy for myself. And um, And I would reread it and I would find that my writing was causing me to have emotions like I would laugh at certain lines that I totally forgot I had written or like like tear up in moments in the book and I was like oh my god this is actually really good I'm just like it's just that mean part of me that was like shitting on myself um and then from there I was able to pick it back up um and then keep going and then passion yeah yeah. And it's like, oh my God, chill out. You know, like mm-hmm. just like just just do the thing. Like you're already, you're already like three-fourths of the way done. Just finish the thing. It doesn't matter if it's like not going anywhere. You don't even want to do anything with it. Just finish the thing. And that was like my big thing. And then I did, and then I was like really proud of it. Yeah. And I also know like comparisonitis is like such oh. a part of this. Like, I'm not good oh. enough. I am good enough. And you like pay- play ping pong with your ego of who you are, but I do think comparison is really powerful sometimes because it helps you self-discover. Like it's the juxtaposition of this is them and this is me. Like, for example, Burning Man. I know you just went to Burning Man. My experience of Burning Man was like, wow, there's a lot of people here that don't feel like me. And Mm -hmm. through looking at a bunch of things that are not me, I'm learning what I am. Like that's Mm -hmm. not me because this is me. And so I think sometimes comparison isn't always a bad thing if you say that's what they're doing and this is what I'm doing. It helps you kind of find your place in your space in the world um so i think just like using comparison and compassion with yourself wisely um and also remembering you're not for everyone like this one girl i think like like book reviews are so huge and you know that like she like eviscerated me it was like this is the stupidest book i've ever read and then there's other people that are like this changed my life and you just have to remember you're not for everyone like like my grandma said like can be the best peach ever and there's always somebody who hates peaches so like <laughs> um so yeah. tell me a little bit about your um like process of getting the book published because like you said I think writing a book is a really amazing exercise for someone who wants to self-discover um get to know themselves so like how did you do the logistical part of it like it sounds like an enigma My friends, in times of high stress, busy work days, and pandemics, it's so important that you make sure you're taking care of yourself by taking a multivitamin. We are living in one of the most toxic times, whether it's the water we drink, the air we breathe, or even the pesticides on the plants that we eat. And it's so important to fuel your body with supplements that it's not necessarily getting at your local Italian restaurant. This is why I wanted to take a moment to share the Complete Essentials Daily Pack of Vitamins plus Recharge NAD supplements with you. The Essential Daily pack is filled with your dose of vitamins A, C, D, E, and K. It also contains biotin, which is great for your skin, your hair, your nails, calcium for your bones, zinc for your health, manganese, potassium, and an essential blend that you can get for either women's or men's health. These essential daily vitamins even come with omega-3s, which can help your body better absorb vitamins and micronutrients, making sure your cells get more of the good stuff. I also added on to the complete essential vitamin pack, NAD, every single day. NAD is such a powerful new supplement and I want to share with you how it's been changing my life. So a little lesson on physiology. Our body has our mitochondria and their power 
generators for our cells. And the thing about NAD is when you take the supplement, it's fueling your cells with generating energy for your cells. There's also waste. And so as your cells are working, they're creating waste, which is really garbage that gets generated in your body. And when this waste is not taken out of the body, your body's ability to generate and regenerate slows down, which creates a problem called senescence, which creates aging. NAD Recharge gives our body more garbage trucks by helping our mitochondria, and it helps you get the junk out of your body and slows down your aging process. You will notice within a few weeks of taking NAD that you have a huge energy spike. I was able to stop even taking that second cup of coffee in the afternoon because NAD was such a game changer for me. So taking the essential vitamin pack has become an absolute staple along with the NAD. And you know, let's face it, our favorite foods aren't exactly always nutrient dense. I try my best to eat well and take care of my body, but these daily essentials have been a huge deal. And I love they put all the necessary vitamins in one sachet. So you can say hasta la vista to your big medicine cabinet filled with vitamin bottles. And now in one single place, you can open your multivitamin pack in the morning and at night and make sure you're taking care of your body. And you can add the NAD supplement on if you're looking to increase your energy, improve your memory, lower your blood pressure and lower your cholesterol. Visit ashleystall.com slash vitamins to place your order now for the women's pack or visit ashleystall.com slash vitamins men for the male version. Again, that's ashleystall.com slash vitamins for the women's multi-pack or ashleystall.com slash vitamins men for the men's multi-pack. Now let's get back to this week's episode. First of all, on what you were just saying, 100%, and that's like one of the huge lessons that I learned from Hoffman process, um, which is like this, I don't know if you've ever talked yeah. about that on before, but anyway, yeah, um, seven day intensive retreat going into your patterns and your relationship with your parents. But, and that's one of, I have that lesson, like in chapter three of the book, like one of the girls learns it. It's like, no matter what you do, like, it doesn't matter. Like someone's always going to have some sort of reaction to you that you can't control. And what people say about you, how they react to you is not actually about you. It's about them, their values, how they grew up, all that. So anyways, love what your grandma said. Yeah. Um, Peaches aren't for everyone. And, um, wait, now I'm forgetting the other question. Um, I, oh, just like talk about how you self-published. I know. Like, oh, yes. I, yes, oh, yes wait, this is my I hear that as an interviewer, I ask like compound questions. I'm like, so tell no, me how you did it and why you did it. And also where you're coming from. Like, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, curious. You're great. Um, yeah, I, I just had to, okay. So first of all, I, I decided to self-publish. I started sending out, um, queries to literary agents uh, during the pandemic. And I was just driving myself insane and spending so much time, like looking all this stuff up and all the logistics of that was like, it felt like it was draining me. And I was like, oh, but this is what I'm supposed to do. And like, this is the way to like make it. And, and then I was just like, wait, but I hate every, like, I hate, I'm, I feel not good. Yeah. Um, and again, what was making me feel good was just like writing these New York stories and like creating again. So I was like, I was like, I I don't care anymore. Like if this book gets any accolades, I'm so proud of myself for having written it, which, by the way, was a lot of Hoffman process work. They got yeah. to that. Um, and I just want to get it out there. So like I stopped. I stopped even trying with the the traditionally published like I was getting getting requests for more chapters and stuff. But I was like, this is this does not feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah and then so like basically it was just a lot of research and i would recommend 
joining other writing communities. I jo- I went to a writing conference in New York um, and I met this like one other writer and her and I, she like, she self-published her book before me and just helped me out so much, gave me like a full checklist of stuff to do. Like I was trying to figure it out on my own. It was really difficult um, for me, at least like that's not where I shine is like doing a bunch of research. Uh, but yeah, it's, there's like step-by-step stuff you can do. You can go different ways. Um, I also like on that note, I was like reading everywhere that like, you should also have an audiobook. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to figure out an audiobook? And like, I just like put it in my head. I was like, okay, I will figure this out. And somehow like I put it out to friends. I was like, does anyone, I started looking up recording studios. One of my friends, Lexi, whom you've met, just yeah. so happened to know someone who could do audiobooks and and help me um, in Long Island. Like, And then my friend Lindsay, who was on a TV show, happened to quit the TV show. And I was talking about the book in front of her. And she was like, well, I can, I can do the audiobook, um, which was amazing. The point of this being, I know it might seem like daunting to figure out, but community and like asking others for help. Um, I don't have like a a step-by-step checklist that I could go through on this call. Um, I would certainly be happy to like share something if you want to put it on your website of like the checklist that I have. Um, but for, for the main part, like it's actually pretty easy to get a book up on Amazon. Um, it's just like the marketing that goes behind it and how you want to do that. Uh, you could honestly get a book up in like a day or so. Mm. Um, and then there's like this this other um, counterpart to just like Amazon direct publishing that's called Book Baby. Um, you can go through them. That's a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're like, they have customer service around the clock, which is like really nice. And I like to be able to talk to someone because when you are self-publishing, you have to do your own book cover. Um, and all of those like logistics can get a little tricky. Uh, so you want to have, again, community, people you can talk to, people you can ask questions to. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of friends just basically helped me out. So, yeah. And like you put on one thing also, like, I think for what I'm learning about creativity is it's about capacity. Like you talked about Hoffman process and how you did a lot of work on yourself. And I feel like a lot of people were all holding heartbreak and trauma and all these different things in our day-to-day life. What it doesn't have to mean you were held by gunpoint or something really big. It could mean that you just have some pain that you're nursing And I feel like when we have pain, it takes up our capacity. And unless we open up the valve and release it and process it and feel it and allow it and see it and witness it Mm. and with it, we are sitting in our pain and it really keeps it from, it keeps you from having the capacity to be creative. Like pain is a full-time job. It takes a lot of space up. And so I think it's really interesting that you talked about going to Hoffman and processing your pain and that freeing you up creatively, which to me is like how it should be. Well, and Hoffman was also like, I rewrote the book after Hoffman because before Hoffman, I was like much more focused, self-admittedly much more focused on what sort of like, like attention uh, accolades, like can I get from this to prove my worth? Mm-hmm. And then I went to Hoffman, did all this work, like sat sat with everything for a while. And then I was like, oh yeah, um, I'm not going to actually write this book to try and get it traditionally published because there were certain things that I was leaving out of the book that I actually really wanted in there. Mm-hmm. That like the sex scenes, like the drug usage, like stuff like that. Um, not that it's anything insane, but it's just, that is not 
what is traditionally in mm-hmm. young novels. Um, I've never really seen sex. They call it sex on page, uh, like what mine has. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I was just like, and also there was fear of, I had seen some literary agents. Like I was also going by what literary agents wanted to see. And, um, and there was like some fear of coming off as too pedantic because I did want to have like guidance and lessons in there that I found very powerful and life-changing for me. And yeah. And so, so I just like said, fuck it. And like this thing that just kept echoing in my head was fuck the gatekeepers, right? Fuck the gatekeepers. Like I'm going to figure this out myself and I'm going to write it the way that I want it to be written. Yeah. I love that so much. And I feel like the amount of self-esteem it takes to be like, screw what everybody else is doing. This is what I'm doing. The amount of like, um, I don't know, like choice and commitment and devotion and follow through it takes. Um, you've taken a lot of responsibility for your own capacity, Diana, like to be able to have space to be this creative. And um, OK, so who is your book for and where can everybody find it? Mm, my book is for <laughs> I want to. So it's it's young adult. However. I but there's also this like genre called new adult and I kind of feel like it's a mix in there it's set in high school but it's very much like a fun read even when like for early 20s or even some of my friends that have read it that are like closer to 30 or like in their early 30s and they're like I could not put this thing down and it's like very nostalgic of high school and that like first love and those first like experiences of stuff so um, it will be available on Amazon, on on any like uh, you'll be able to find it through through my Instagram. Basically, um, the link will be on there. But yes, it will be available on Amazon as beautiful as it seems. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, my God. This was so fun. Anything like great. that I haven't asked you that you want to tell everyone okay. or words of wisdom? Any final thought? Yes, I'm sure. Um Write for yourself. Fuck writing for anyone else. Write whatever it was that you wanted to read or you want to read or whatever's out there. Like just, I wouldn't spend, like I wouldn't spend time writing for anyone else because like, I don't think that you'll end up sticking with it or get it, end up getting that much joy out of it. So. Love that so much. All right, everyone head to Amazon to get her book. I mean, how can you not? She's so magical. I feel like it's like a rework of the gossip girl we all actually needed, as beautiful as it seems. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn Podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-Turns. We'll see you next week.